0: Jesus as King of Kings in your life for such a time as this, over your circumstance, over this entire globe, over this pandemic, over this virus, over the healthcare workers, over those who are on the front lines, over your family, over your kids, Jesus is King of Kings and that did not change. That hasn't changed since the beginning of time. And so it is such a privilege, there's a bug on me. It is such a privilege and a great reminder to name the name of Jesus as King of Kings this morning. Guys, we are in the Knowing His Name sermon series, and we've been studying the different hyphenated Jehovah names in the Old Testament. We have studied four so far. This morning is name number five, and it has been absolutely a game changer. I know we say that word a lot this time of year, this year, because that's our theme. But I don't know, I hope you can agree with me that these names of God over the past four weeks have been so divinely timed. And it's no wonder because God is sovereign. I'm waiting for somebody out there to come up with one of those Jehovah hyphenated names for the sovereignty of God's timing, because if there's one overarching theme for this sermon series, is that God had it planned. He used Will and I as instruments last year. Are you kidding me? We had no idea that this pandemic, this virus was coming, but these names have been so comforting in my heart. They have been so timely in my family's life, and today is no different. Guys, we have a heavy hitter. It's going to be comforting to your soul this morning, and it's this name Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, R-A-P-H-A. You might've noticed last week in the testimonies that several people, I think two or three of our church family members actually named this one as their favorite name. And so we get to study it today. So thank you, Jerry Grimes and Serena for stealing a little bit of my thunder, but that's okay. We're excited to preach out of Exodus this morning. Um, and the, the, be- the beautiful thing about this morning is that it's kind of was in my quiet time. I just passed over Ephesians 15 in my quiet time two weeks ago. So this name and this particular story has been fresh on my mind. And it's no wonder that God has us here on April 5th, 2020, in the middle of a viral social global pandemic known as the coronavirus to study his healing power. And I would just want to say this, how how comforting is it to know that healing is not just what God does, it's who he is. Healing is who he is. It's literally his name. He cannot do anything but. It's his very nature to heal. It's impossible for him not to heal. It's not just what he does, it's who he is, church. So claim that this morning, name him, yes, as King of Kings, like that song we sang, but name him in your heart of hearts and your soul of souls this morning. Name him as the great healer, as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. This is the first name of God chronologically that he self-prescribes. In other words, so many of these Jehovah hyphenated names in the Old Testament, the majority of them come from a prophet or an individual who is worshiping God. In in many cases, they've built an altar to God. And like Moses or like Joshua, like Gideon that we have studied, they've they've built this altar or either they're praying to the Lord and they name him as Jehovah Shema or Jehovah Jireh or, or many of the different Jehovah hyphenated names. But this one, God calls himself, And chronologically, this is the very first time that God addresses his people. He addresses Moses, which we'll get to in just a second. And he says, Moses, you don't need to name me this one. I will tell you that I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. So we'll get to the passage in just a moment. But I wanted to make that clear because that's also just a little extra comfort. It's not something that was described by Gideon or by Moses or by Joshua. No, this name was prescribed by God himself, that I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. So the obvious outcry to God this morning is, Lord, please heal this pandemic. Make it go away. Where are you? Why can't you fix everything? We want God to heal our circumstances. And that is a very worthy prayer to pray, unless there's a bigger healing. There's a more important, more urgent healing that needs to take place. And I believe that's where we are. Does God want to heal this nation? Yes. Does God want to heal this globe? Yes. In fact, it's his very nature. It is his name to heal. He cannot do anything else but. But there's there's another healing. There's, There's a more primary healing That's more urgent. And that's what I want to talk about today from this story in Exodus. So let me be very clear. I want everyone to hear this. Wherever you are, in your living room, in the basement, in your man cave, in the kitchen, cooking breakfast, I want you to hear this. There are two pandemics running rampant this morning. A viral pandemic and a social pandemic. We as Christians are spreading fear And panic just as virally as COVID 19. One is out of our control. The other one is very much in our control. But we haven't repented. This morning, we stand in the face of God, unrepentant for the fear and the panic that is spreading, that we are part of spreading. Whether it's in your homes, whether it's on social media, I'm not asking us to be unwise, so please hear me clearly. I'm not asking us to be unwise. I'm not asking us to disregard what the government, the safe, the safe precautions that the government has put in place. But if we are part of the fear mongering, if we are participating in the panic, that is the more urgent healing that needs to take place because let me tell you this, when we participate in the fear, in the panic, we are in the face of God saying, we do not trust you. We do not trust that you are Jehovah Rapha. We do not buy into the fact that you can heal this nation, this country, my family, my surroundings, my people. If you truly believe God's word, Is a light for this time in our country, and you truly believe that He is who He says He is, not what you've named Him, because again, this is a self prescribed name. This is God saying, I am God, I am Jehovah Rapha, then you must trust that He will heal, that it is very nature to heal. So why the fear? Why the panic? Let's read. In Exodus 15, and this is the really the main point that I want to get across to you this morning, and that is this. God wants to heal what's in you before he heals what's around you. Can I say that again to you, church family? I hate that you're not here with me this morning, but I want to say it right into the camera this morning, that God, Jehovah Rapha, wants to heal what's in you before he heals what's around you. The children of Israel understood this so well. In Exodus 15, I'm just going to read verses 22 through 27 this morning. It begins like this. They are three days, three days from crossing the Red Sea where God miraculously piles up the water like walls and they walk through on dry ground, delivered from Egypt. They're delivered from Egypt. Then we find them dancing on the banks of the shore, lifting up praises to God. Moses is singing, Aaron is singing, Miriam, their sister is singing. And then they make a three days journey into the wilderness. And we pick it up in verse 22. Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea. They went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days into the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Mara, meaning bitterness. Verse 24, And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Now pay attention to the end of verse 25 and the following verses. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule and there he tested them saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians for I am the Lord your healer. Self-prescribed Jehovah Rapha. Verse 20, ooh, this table's moving on me. Verse 27, then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees and they encamped there by the water. Guys, this is really a tale of two cities. I know they're not actual real cities, but you've got Marah, which is in the wilderness of Shur and then you've got Elam. We have a place of poverty. We have a place of pandemic. And then we have a place of peace. We have a place of plenty. It's a tale of two healings. One, Mara, is where God takes his children by the hand and he heals what's in them. And then he leads them to Elam where he heals what's around them. And so I just have two points for you very quickly today the healing he brings in you. And you can label that Mara in your life. For such a time as this, we're living in a land of Mara. We're living in a land of bitterness. There's no doubt about it. And then there's also another place, the place of Elam. And that is point number two, the healing he brings around you. Just to give you, just to wrap up the context quickly, We know the story. They're delivered from Egypt. Pharaoh's army is destroyed. Then we find them dancing on the riverbank, their joy, right? And then they make a three three days journey into a disastrous environment that was out of their control. Three days. Three days spans the time between an epic victory and an epic defeat. Three days. And I want to make the point here that neither one, neither one was in their control. Their victory crossing the Red Sea was not in their control. And guess what? Their defeat, their defeated mindset, their bitter place named Mara was also out of their control, meaning that they had control over neither situation but, the, but they, what they were responsible for, if I can just do a little theme plug right here, was their joy. They were responsible for their attitude. They were responsible for the perspective they brought from the Red Sea three days. Are you kidding me? Three days from the Red Sea to a pandemic situation. I'm seeing something very similar in our lives. And granted, it hasn't been three days. It's been about three or four or five weeks now. But think about where we just were. Think about the emotional high that we were on as a church marching into 2020, that we were gonna be game changers, that we were gonna shape this decade for the Lord, that we were gonna fight for our joy, that our job was gonna be joy. And now we're just three weeks, they had three days, we've been given three weeks and we've just thrown it all up and we've caved. We've caved into the social pressure of panic and fear-mongering, and that is not okay. That is not okay. Jehovah Rapha, his nature and his name says that I am the healer, and you have a choice to make this morning, church. Are you gonna trust him? The same God who delivered them through the waters led them into the wilderness where there was no water. The trust pandemic is the bigger pandemic. Israel had to learn quickly to trust the God of tomorrow, so he brought them to a test. He essentially gives them two new rules. If you read it in verse 26, he says, this is a test, and here's what you have to do. Listen to God, do what he says. Does that sound familiar? I hope so. That's our number one core value. We have it on our walls. We have it on our website. Hopefully, you see us live it out here at Decided Church But God tells Moses to tell the nation of Israel, if you want me to heal your surroundings, then let me start by healing what's in you. And the way we're going to do that is by listening to me and doing what I say. He says, children of Israel, let's get one thing straight. No longer is Egypt your God. I am your God. No longer are you satisfying the desires of your flesh represented by Egypt. Now you have a new God, you have a new government, you have a new system, and I am your all in all. I am your Jehovah Rapha. Three days ago, I led you through the Red Sea on dry ground, and now I'm bringing you to the biggest test that's gonna set the trajectory for the entire promised land experience, and that is this, will you trust me? You see, what our number one core value boils down to when we say, listen to God, do what he says, it's really a matter of, are you gonna bow down to Jehovah Rapha as your God, or are you bowing down to yourself? Are you bowing down to your fear? Are you bowing down to your panic? Are you bowing down to your selfish desires? Are you bowing down to your gratifications of the flesh? Trust me, it feels good to cave in to the fear and the pressure and the shares and the articles and all of the press briefings. I get it. It's easy to fall into, but that's serving yourself. That's not serving Jehovah Rapha, the God who delivered you three days ago. If you ever want God to heal what's around you, you have to allow him to heal what's in you first. And that's what Mara represents, this bitter place, this bitter place. Not only did God, and I want everybody to hear me when I say this, not only did God want his children out of Egypt, but more importantly, he wanted Egypt out of his children. Let me say that again. Not only did God want his children out of Egypt, but he also wanted Egypt out of his children. What was he doing? He was bringing healing in them. He was bringing a new thirst, a new appetite that craved not for the social attention or the self-gratification, but a soul and a hunger and a thirst that craved for Jehovah Rapha, for God to do a work. For trust, a new trust to be created. What's the application here? What if God is waiting for us as a nation to look inward before we look outward? He's placed us by an insurmountable wall. That's what wilderness of sure means. If you look up the definition of sure, the wilderness that the children are in, S-H-U-R, it literally means wall. Guys, that's not ironic. He brings them to an insurmountable wall. And the only way they were gonna overcome that wall was through trust, was through an inward healing. He uses, God uses it, and he'll do this in your life just like he did it in the nation of Israel. He'll use the unhealed circumstances to work on the unhealed heart. Because let me ask you a question. If he did it the other way around, guys, if he did it the other way around, what would we learn? If God made COVID-19 go away, if everything was back to hunky-dory, if everything was just fine pie in the sky, then what would we have learned by going through this? You just heard Will pray about it. This is a time for inward reflection. This is a time to downsize. This is a time to simplify. This is a time to reprioritize. What if God is busy in your heart and in your life stripping away all of your Egypt? He's stripping away Egypt. See, he doesn't just want to deliver you out of Egypt, he wants to deliver Egypt out of you. So, this is what I mean job security. Hey, guess what? It's out the window. I have friends that are on the verge of losing their job, there's layoffs everywhere. A false God. What about health? Some of us pride ourselves in being healthy people. We eat right, we do right. We have good hygiene. Guess what? Everyone's health is a false god. It's out the window. Status. I think of these big companies going down. I think of these major networks and major things losing viewers out the window, gone. It's a false, status is a false God. Busyness, whoa. For too long, we have been so busy, distracted. Bitterness, we've been so bitter at God. Money, priorities, anger, time management. We could go on and on and on. All of it is gone. You could be an extrovert that just thrives on these social gatherings, on being with your friends and your family and gathering, and I get that. What if that has been a false god in your life for far too long when God says, when are you spending time with me? When are you getting alone for quiet time with me? And here's what I want to propose to you. What if things don't go back to the same routine as before? What if God is taking time to heal what's in you because he knows when we're on the other side of this, it's a new normal. It's a new normal. Maybe he's creating in you a chance to develop new priorities, real joy, new habits, more compassion, new quiet time, more kindness, new soul searching, more seeking after God, less running, less noise, less gratification. God is allowing Church, God is allowing the world to crumble around us to teach us that it was never a firm foundation. It was never a firm foundation, guys. He's allowing everything to fall into chaos and pandemonia because he's saying that's not, that's not the firm ground that I ever wanted you building upon. That's not the foundation that you should be leaning on. I am Jehovah Rapha, do you trust me? Why are you building your life on busyness and plans and schedules and this and that when you're supposed to be dwelling with me? You are my people, I dwell among you and you have crowded me out. The healing, the healing, the priority here, the urgence of the inward healing far outweighs the outward healing. But that is number two. Number one, the healing he brings in us is found at Mara, the bitter place, the bitter place. We read the story and there's, a, there's beautiful lessons about how that branch, the hyssop branch that they put into the water made it sweet. That represents Jesus. That represents how he is the tree of life from the garden who has Arched over time to become the healer of our sins on a rugged cross, that his blood, his cross, that tree, the root of Jesse, the olive branch, the balm in Gilead was the one to make our bitterness sweet. And I hope you know him as your savior this morning. But number two, he's not only the one who brings healing in you, you you will be comforted to know that he's also the one who brings healing around you. But he can't bring you to Elam he can't bring you to Elam until you faced Mara. It's important to note that Mara was not outside of God's will. They were following the exact path God had for them. Hard times, bitter times, trials are not a sign of disobedience or wandering away. 1 Peter 4, verses 12 and 13 make that abundantly clear that as believers, we should not be surprised at the fiery trials and the sufferings. We should count it a privilege. And not only that, but James says we should count it joy. God graciously leads his people from bitterness to blessing. He graciously leads his people from fear to faith. God graciously leads his people from panic to prosperity. What am I talking about? I'm talking about from Mara to Elam. See, if you read the passage carefully in verse 27, then they came to Elam where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. God never meant for you or I to encamp at Mara, He only means for Mara to be a proving grounds, a time of lesson a time of faith building where we get on our knees before a holy God and say, Jehovah Rapha, I trust you. And when he can bring that type of healing in our hearts, he says, now you're ready. Now you're ready for where I want you to encamp. Now you're ready for where I want you to dwell for a little bit. And that is a wonderful place. That's a place of prosperity. That's a place of plenty. It's a place of peace. Only Jehovah Rapha can bring you there. Elam had 12 springs and 70 palms. That sounds like a mighty nice vacation spot for us right about now. Why the 12 and the 70? A lot of scholars believe the 12 springs were one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And the 70 palm trees signify the 70 elders, the 70 leaders that helped Moses guide the people and organize the people. But it's a place of peace. It's a place of healing, no doubt. It's a place of prosperity. In other words, God is saying when it comes to our surroundings, when it comes to our circumstances in 2020, he's saying this, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. This is a temporary time. It's only a season. He's saying we will get through. How do I know that? How can I stand so assuredly here this morning and say that we will prevail and come out on the other side of this pandemic? How can I say that? Because Jehovah Rapha, because this is a self-prescribed name, because he not only says, I'm Jehovah, but I'm your healer. It's my very nature. It's my very name. I can do nothing else but heal. This was the place he wanted to his, his people to encamp. This was the place he wanted them to dwell. So don't be mistaken, church. You know, there's, there's no room for bitterness in our hearts this morning that God has somehow allowed the coronavirus to overtake us and overshadow us. And somehow this is, this is the nasty joke he was playing on humanity. No, 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 he intends for his people to dwell in peace and safety. He intends for his people to encamp at Elam, but Mara is how he gets us there. Mara is where we learn to trust him so that when we get to Elam, we don't take him for granted and we don't lose our hearing ear. We don't lose our obedience. We don't lose our trust. What's the application here? That this miracle this miracle of the water turning from bitter to sweet, it was connected with a promise. From now on, obedience to God's commands and statutes would bring healing both physically and morally. Places of plenty and places of poverty can both bring about his healing work. He's God and he will use whatever means and whatever circumstances he wants. What am I saying, church? I'm saying don't undervalue Mara and oversell Elam in your life. Don't undervalue Mara and oversell Elam. We are so caught up with, when is this pandemic going to end? When will we be able to return back to when things are normal? When can I go back to my routine? When can I go back to my schedule? That is the wrong perspective. God is saying, learn the lesson I have for you in Mara. Don't undervalue Mara and oversell some futuristic place that God does intend for you to dwell. But he has a lesson for you here and now. It is only in the places of bitterness and testing that you learn and grow. If joy is never refined in the fiery trials, then was it ever true joy? There's an element to this pandemic that should cause all of us to pray and humble ourselves and our nation and our world before God. He's teaching us to trust him. I want to read a very important quote by Charles Spurgeon, who I believe God gave a prophetic voice to span generations upon generations. Everybody knows who Charles Spurgeon was. He was the great English preacher, he was called the Prince of Preachers. He has commentaries that almost every preacher either reads or goes to seminary and studies. Charles Spurgeon, a wonderful man, preached in the Crystal Palace in London, England during the great industrial revolution. And he said this about this passage in Exodus, and I want everybody to hear it. Israel, listen to this, this is so good. Israel had no miracle at Elam. Wells and palm trees they had, but they had no miracle there. No miraculous change of the bitter into sweet, and they had no statute and no ordinance and no promise and no new revelation of God and no new name for Jehovah. There. Listen to me. Elam is a wonderful place, but where God proves Himself miraculous to you, where He calls Him, where He calls Himself by name, and meets you where you are, and says, "I am Jehovah Rapha." Guess where all of that happened? Not at Elam. There was no miracle there. It happened at Mara. It happened in the place of bitterness. That's where God worked miracles. That's where God did His work. That's where He us, taught us. That's where He taught us to trust. That's where He named Himself something new. That's where He called Himself. Jehovah Rapha, it is in my very nature and it is my name to heal you. So don't get so caught up in going to Elam. Don't get so caught up in moving on to the 12 palms, to the 12 springs and 70 palms. It's a great place of plenty, but it's not where I'm going to teach you who I am. It's not where I'm going to work miracles on your behalf. It's not where I'm going to learn, teach you to trust me. Jehovah is Rapha at Mara first. That's where he works miracles. That's where his mighty wonders and deeds are done. That's where the branch is cast into the water and he makes bitterness into sweetness. So if you have not, this is it. If you haven't found the sweetness of your Jehovah in the middle of this pandemic, then you will not be ready for what's next. if you you have not pressed pause in your life to get alone with God and to learn something new about him, if your spiritual walk has not made progress over the past three or four weeks, if you have been too busy fear-mongering and panicking to learn about your God, then you will not be delivered or healed at Elam. Because you have a lesson to learn in the place of bitterness, which is Mara. God wants to work miracles. He wants to work things out on your behalf at Mara. God has to bring healing in you before He brings healing around you. You know what I'm obsessed about? I have been obsessed during this pandemic with two things. Can I tell you? And this is this is it. I have been obsessed with the fact that God cannot fail us. He can't. In case you were wondering, God will win the war. We know that everybody says that, right? It's an old saying, I know the end of the book. I know who wins. Well, guess what? Not only do we know that God wins in the end, but in fact, he's never even lost a battle. It's not just the end result. It's the here and now that he wants to claim victory in your life. So I'm obsessed with the faithfulness of God during this pandemic. But number two, I'm obsessed with the role of the church. This time, like no other, I have been obsessing over what God has positioned his bride to do in such a time as this. And if we are too busy bowing down to the false gods of fear and chaos and panic, we will not be ready for the newness, for the Elam that he's called us to prepare the world for. Because this is it. This is what I am so freaking pumped. And I'm sorry to say that word. I'm so freaking pumped for what is next. I want to know. What must be on the other side of this? Not in an impatient way, but just in a dreaming, visionary way. I want to know what's on the, think about this. What must be on the other side of our Mara? It must be so big and so, so viral that Satan thought he must try, he must try to smother our joy with a global pandemic. He must try to get us off course. He must try to get us off the, the rail tracks of being game changers. What I want to know is there must be, there must be some type of glorious revival dawning. There must be some type of kingdom armies marching on our doorsteps this morning. What kind of healing and peace and renewal are bearing olive branches, coming back to a place of rest saying, listen, I've been out beyond the pandemonia. I've been beyond the chaos and there is dry ground. Do you, remember, do you remember Noah's Ark? Do you remember the flood? That crazy story in the Bible in Genesis where it, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights and Moses and two of each animal are on the ark. And they're just getting pummeled left to right, but it's a place of safety. And then guess what? When it stops raining and and Moses sends out the dove and it comes back and and, and there's nowhere for it to rest. And then he sends out the dove again and the dove brings back an olive branch saying, there is hope, there is a place of dry ground, there's a place to rebuild. And then he sends out the dove a third time and the freaking bird doesn't come back. Because the bird says there's no need. There is, there is hope beyond today. There's hope in tomorrow. We have Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. And I want to know, as as believer, I'm sending out the dove this morning. And I'm telling you, he's come back with an olive branch. I'm telling you, we're going to send him out again. And and the bird's not coming back because there is some type of glorious revival dawning here. There is some type of heavenly armies marching that is going to change and rock this world forever. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's letting us know that the rain is over and there is dry ground in the future, that he is the firm foundation upon which we will build, that there is an Elam, that we need to trust Jehovah Rapha, that he is making the bittersweet, that he is the root of Jesse, the branch of Hyssop, the balm and Gilead. There is healing in his name. He is the God of miracles. And the only question I have for you today, church, is, do you believe him? Do you believe him? That's the only question that needs to be asked in the quietness of your heart. I hope you take time to bow before God in this moment and say, I actually trust you as Jehovah Rapha. I believe you. He's the God of miracles. I mean, read your Bible. He's done incredible miracles throughout the ages. What would make you think he's changing now? He's the God of miracles. He's the one who made the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. He and he alone can handle the coronavirus. He's asking us to believe him. He's asking us to trust him. He's asking us, take time. Let me heal what's in you before I heal what's around you. Let's pray. Church. We have a time, we have an opportunity like never before. We, the, the world has never been through a situation quite like this. It's our Mara. I'm not sugarcoating at all. It is, a, it is a season of bitterness where God is saying, church, I brought you out of Egypt. Now I'm bringing Egypt out of you. I have to heal you. I never meant you to dwell here. I never meant you to stay here. This is a wall of faith that I am building for you to overcome in order to reach the place of prosperity and peace and plenty, which is Elam. I want you there. Yes, I want to bring healing around you, but we must heal what's in you. Do you believe me? Do you trust me? Do you know that I, have you claimed me as king of kings over your life for such a time as this? Church, believers everywhere, Christians, no more panic okay? No more fear. There is no place in the heart of a believer who trusts that Jesus is who he says he is, Jehovah Rapha. There's no place for that. There's no place for that as a church. God, we lift you up as the miracle worker, the miracle maker, the God who's done incredible things for us and around us and in us. And we claim right now here in this church that there will be some kind of craziness On the other side of this, God, we claim right now in the name of Jesus for an all-encompassing world, revolving revival where heavenly armies and angels come down with us to be among us and take us to a place in your kingdom that we have never dwelt before. That we prescribe this period of time as our Mara, as sent by the devil to destroy us, as sent by Satan to cause us harm and evil, but you are repurposing for good, that you are recreating to do a new work in us. There is a new beginning, a new dawn, a new revival, a new kingdom coming, and this world will never be the same. God, we lean on you, we trust in you, we believe in you for that. You are the God of miracles. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.